Good morning, and welcome to New Church Live. My name is Angela Cooper, and I work here behind the scenes, plugging people in and connecting them to the New Church Live community. And I just want to welcome you to church today. Um, I don't know if anybody joined this morning, but we started a new program. Um, We're calling it Bible Studies with Pastor Chuck. And we just want to encourage families, it's online, um, with kids or just families who might want to do something a little earlier or shorter um, before church. So at 9 a.m. starting this Sunday, uh, we're trying out a program, like I said, called Bible Stories with Pastor Chuck, and it's less than 10 minutes um, and a great way to just uh, put it on with you and your kids and have something that you guys can do together. Um, it's following along in this series, but obviously it's um, pared down for kids and families. Um, and Pastor Chuck wanted to let me remind you that even if you can't tune in at nine o'clock, it's there to stream you know, permanently. So if you want to tune in later in the day or later in the week, maybe you guys carve out some time midweek um, to do something together. It's just a great option. So we're trying it out and seeing if it's something that people are interested in. I know me personally, I'm a busy mom and I love having stuff like that that I can just tuck away and know um, that I can do with my kids. And next week, um, the topic is going to be being still or finding stillness. So... I don't know about you. I'm so busy. It's a little insane these days, Um, but I I know I could use that in my life. So if you're interested, we hope you'll check it out. Like I said, it's live on all of our social platforms um, and Vimeo, and we're trying to get it on YouTube um, at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, so before church. But again, it's there, you know, permanently. So if you want to tune in later, you can. And then the next thing I want to mention is that uh, we are so appreciative of everyone who supports us financially um, and all the programs, like the Bible Studies program, this Sunday message, all of the streaming, the small group programming that Pastor Chuck's going to talk to you about, all the infrastructure it takes to run all of these things is supported by you. So we hope you'll consider making a financial donation to New Church Live. The best way, no matter how you tune in, um, is to do it online. So you can go to our website or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. Um, and you can make a donation that way or set up a reoccurring donation. Um, and if you have any trouble or have any questions about anything, put your information in the chat window. Or you can go to our website and we have a contact form and um, you can ask me questions there and it gets to me. But we so appreciate you. Happy Sunday. Welcome to New Church Live. Now here's Pastor Chuck. Thank you, Angela. So great to be joining you folks today. And again, we have people all over the country who are joining us live streamed or archived. A big welcome to you as well as we launch our next series. And the series is called A Better Adventure. And that's what we're going to be looking at. How do we create? How do we have a better adventure? Because this adventure is somewhat challenging a lot of days. And so how do we look at that? How do we do that? What we're going to be having is we're going to be having a small group program right along with it. In this small group program, we have three wonderful options for people who might be interested in that. And one option is Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock on Zoom. The other one is at 8.30 p.m. on Zoom. Both are led by by myself, along with one co-leader from Maryland, another co-leader from Colorado. And just even that, like what a different world 
that is, where you know these groups are being, being helped along by people who live all kinds of different places. So regardless of where you're joining us from or, or how familiar or not familiar you are with New Church Live, this is a great way just to get connected. These groups aren't huge. We try to keep groups at about like six, seven, eight people or so is perfect. It's just like, it's just like having a great cup of coffee with a group of new friends and talking about what does it look like for you to have a better adventure? And importantly, what does it look like for us to have a better adventure as well? So I certainly hope that if that has any appeal to you, that you let us know. You can email me, or for a lot of people, they prefer a text message, and you're more than welcome to text me. Just text me your name, the time that works best for you, and, and let me know. It's important to note as well, we also have a Wednesday option led by, led by Reverend Nathan Gladish, a wonderful friend of mine. He'll be leading one Wednesday. So if Tuesday night doesn't work, Wednesday night works better. Again, you can just let me know by texting me at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. So those are the things I have to share, folks. Good morning to all of you. Great to have you joining us here today. Whatever time of the week you're watching, you're so welcome here. And we have a wonderful series ahead, starting to look at that idea. Yeah, how do we cross over into someplace better? Feels a little more grounded than where we are right now. Welcome to New Church Live. So, so folks, a better adventure, right? Like, like life is, is filled with these with these gaffes, and that was not on purpose, by the way. I literally did leave it back there. It's filled with these gaffes. It's filled with mistakes and errors. And, and how is it that we find, again, this question, how is it that we find a better adventure? Like, what is the better adventure for you, and what is the better adventure for us? This is one I've been thinking about literally for months. And in one of these days, and I've never quite had the courage to do it, and today is not going to be that day either, I've thought, yeah, you know, there's some topics that are so near to your heart that as a pastor, I could speak on it without notes. I could speak on it just extemporaneously, just doing a pure sermon on it, just, just literally from my heart, because, because my heart's filled with a lot of thoughts going into this. I think one thought, and it's, it's one that's a little humorous from one of my favorite Christian authors, Anne Lamott. She said, I'm having trouble remembering all the th things to be freaked out about right now. It's once again like trying to put an octopus to bed. Just when you think you finally tucked in all the arms, one pops out. I feel alternately crushed, enraged, and flabbergasted, also hopeful and amazed by the roaring and tender humanitarian response. And, and I think we can get that, right? I mean, I've never put an octopus to bed, but, but I think we can get that it feels like there's this problem, then there's this one, then there's this one, then there's this one. And it, it begs the question, like, how do we find a better adventure? And there's, there's so much for us to think about with that. And not just to think about, but I had this wonderful conversation with a couple last night, and it was about, yeah, and, and then what do we do with that? How do we move that forward? A few thoughts just to start out with. One is, we don't get to choose to have a different adventure. Like, life is what life is. The challenges are what the challenges are. We don't necessarily get to flip a switch and change all those things. A real important thing I want to keep coming back to. 
We may not be able to choose the circumstances, but we always are free. This is such a key part of Christian New Church thought. We are always free to choose who we are going to be in those circumstances. 100% of the time, you are free to choose who you're going to be in those circumstances. And from that being part, maybe a doing, a new kind of doing can take place, but that's a real important starting point. And I think, you know, what I'm really interested in is like, how do we cross over? Today's sermon title is Crossover. How do we cross over from fear to vision? I mean, really. How do we cross over from fear to vision? And I wonder with churches, synagogues, mosques, all kinds of groups, you know, here's this adventure that feels really hard that a lot of people are having a hard time with. What does plan B look like? Well, what if maybe all of us together were plan B? What if we actually had something to say right now that's significant, that's life-giving, that's courageous, that starts to make a difference. And then, with God's help, we had the willingness to start to move forward with that. That very much interests me. And I know it very much interests you. And that's where that idea of a new adventure, like the word advent, adventure, advent means beginning. It's, It's about a new start within these circumstances that we find ourselves in. Now, as, as we go through this, folks, it's important to know that there's, there's this risk-reward equation that we're, we're wrestling with right now. So, so when we look at the reward side of the equation, like what does the reward side look like? What's interesting is that when we step in the reward side, the reward side always kind of looks the same in, in so many ways. It just, it just looks like this kind of connection. I mean, it's, it's, it's a definition of grace. Grace is when, for a moment, we see the world as God sees it. I'll be coming back to that several times during this series. Grace is when, for a moment, we see the world as God sees it. And last night at this beautiful dinner, and, and it just, you know, it's like, it was just humming. And, and it was this reward thing where, where we just, you could just, it was just palpable. The love, the care, the connection. All of you have been part of those things. That reward doesn't change. It never has and it never will. Now, can I offer a little caveat to that? The caveat is this. The reward is not being right. (laughs) I want to say that. The reward is much bigger than that. You know, sitting down last night at this dinner, no one was really that concerned about being right. They were concerned about celebrating connection all underneath this umbrella of God's love. It's maybe the risk part, and we were talking about this in our sermon writing team that meets every week to help out with this stuff. It feels like the risk part, that's what feels a little different. It feels far more risky these days than I certainly can remember as a pastor. I I know I am so ultra careful with my language. 
because I always feel stressed, like I have to filter it through about how 30 different people are gonna hear it. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. It's something no doubt you're doing all the time too. It is no fun being that hypervigilant. Matter of fact, I would dare say it's exhausting and it's not a good adventure. <laughs> it just isn't. And, and when do we finally say enough? This is, this is not working. We have to find a third way. We have to cross over from fear to vision. Moving out of those places where the anger is, where the, where the disagreement is, moving to those places where we share a common vision. I love the concept, right? This beautiful new church concept I was reading about where, where Emmanuel Swedenborg said so much of it is, is, is with your relationship with God is like literally seeing God eye to eye. That's the relationship God wants, like literally eye contact. And we think about eye to eye, that eye to eye works this way, right? Like two people looking at each other, eye contact. But it also works this way, where we put our, put our heads together, literally. And our eye, we're eye to eye now. And we're eye to eye looking out on a vision that pulls us out of our fears, that's the world I think God intends. And maybe, and I'll be coming back to us, maybe that's the lesson we're learning right now is that this fear thing isn't working. And how do we start to see eye to eye looking out towards a vision that's bigger than ourselves? I really loved this quote. I thought this, this quote nailed it. <laughs> you know, it was about landmines. Boy, I'm sure a lot of us feel like there's landmines all over the place. When we litter the landscape with landmines, everyone stays inside. <laughs> I think that's really true. When there's all these little dangers out there, we, we, we just, our lives are inevitably get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. That's not the expansiveness that God is asking you for or asking us for. He's asking for something beyond that, that crossover again from fear to vision. It's been interesting, you know, reading, reading through this and doing a lot of reading, reading several books and a lot of research on this series. And this, this one author put it, and this is what I'm about to share with you here in a minute, it's tongue in cheek, but I think, I think it, it really is true. He was, he was talking about sort of this hyped up level of anger that we're dealing with in our, in our communities these days. And it's, it is interesting to see it. And, and um, I, I don't know whether this is your experience. This, this is mine. Is, is it feels like this anger shows up here, here, and here. And it's the same anger. It's just different words showing up. The teams are a little different. The uniform of each team's a little different. The anger is still the same. It's all that same anger. And how do we move beyond that? Because very tongue-in-cheek, this is what the author said, and I like this line. He said, to hate like this is to be happy forever. <laughs> I think that's true, right? We can find sort of some, some happiness there 
in, in sharing this anger. And that's, that's dangerous stuff. That's what we call, in this particular denomination, a pleasure of insanity. And it's not just, folks, you know, think about this as the band comes out. It's, it's not just about pointing it out out there. That gets, that, that gets back to the idea that somehow the reward is being right. It's not about pointing at it in other people. It's about seeing it in ourselves. Like, where am I driven by fear, not pulled by vision? Where am I refusing to even speak to vision? Where am I maybe finding a little pleasure in the anger? How do we actually change it? How do we do something different? Because I, I think that's what God intends. And when I come back after the song, we're going to look at an ancient story. It's a story that we do every few years. It's a story of the Exodus because it addresses that very thing. How do we move from fear into this, into vision? You know, beautiful song. And, and folks, like right there, right? Like that beautiful, beautiful idea of I shall be released, right? There's, there's a release when we start to get on the other side of this. And it comes from that understanding. And we're not going to choose the circumstances, but we always, and it's just like, please hear this in your heart. We will always be free to choose who we will be in those circumstances. And the best people to be around are people who are free. So, you ready to do a little thing with me here? So what I want you to do, practice your timeout signal. If you're a basketball player, this is for a technical file. I want to talk about this T. I want to talk about how it shows up in the Bible. Now, one of the beautiful parts of Christian New Church perspectives is that, that we look at all kinds of different religious traditions and, and try to pull that together in terms of what they are saying. And I've had such a great time reading through Jonathan's, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. He makes a great read if you like reading theology. And he was talking about this, this Jewish way of seeing this story we're going to look at. If you're familiar with the Bible, it's a story you've heard many times. If you're not, you're going to hear it for the first time, but it's fascinating. And with all these stories, I'm going to say this again next week, it's, it's not that you look at this story and go, oh, that story's true or not. No, these stories are true, they're true because they happen over and over again. They're not true because they happen. They're true because they happen over and over again. So let's take a look at this for a second, just as our organizing paradigm here. So this, this idea, folks, of being pushed by fear. And we're going to look at that, that, that pushed by fear. We're going to look at a beautiful story that talks about these, this ancient story of these people who were enslaved, and they were, they were just, just abused by Pharaoh, by the king, and they're kind of pushed out, and they have to make a crossing. But in the Jewish tradition, it wasn't just one crossing. It wasn't just out of fear. It was into a place of vision. There was a crossing out of Egypt into a place that in the Bible is called the wilderness. There's a passing out from from this part of being ruled by man, in other words, our ego, into a part being pulled by vision, being ruled by God. And both of those are put juxtaposed one to another. 
And there's a lot of beauty in that, right? When we start to see how this comes together and how these two work together. So what I want to do is I want to talk about this part first. I'm going to read you the story here. And, and with this story, the, the background to this story is, is God has said to Moses, this ancient leader, he has said, go and tell these people who are enslaved, the ancient, the ancient Hebrews, and he has said, all right, so go tell them they're free now. God's demanded that, and, and, and your job is to make them free. Your job is to make sure that they're free and, and to free them and to lead them into this promised land, this, this promised land that's, a, that's out there, this, this vision cast, so to speak. And so what happens is, is they're, they're fleeing for their lives. They don't want to be enslaved again. Pharaoh sends his army to recapture them and bring them back into slavery. Now, these are slaves. They're unarmed. And they're caught between an army and the sea. And that's where this famous, famous story happens. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? Which is something our fears would say. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? And again, when, when we're feared up, we just want to go back to what's stable. You know, as an American history teacher, one of the, for, for a long time, one of the things that really struck me is when we, we don't know where we're going, we want to quickly run back to where we've been. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and sometimes that's translated, stand still you will see the deliverance of the Lord that he will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you need only to be still. Only to be still. And that's that, that's that first part, right? That fear, and what God's saying here, like, don't be afraid, just be still. And watch how God works within this. That's, that's so much, folks, this, this beautiful, beautiful picture of, of, and you think about how they, how they would have held that, right? How they would have seen that and, and, and how just, just the way their lives would have been and, and that whole idea, that, that, that basic flight out of, that, that it's a push. It's not a pull. It's a push. It's a push into something. It's a, it's a fear starting to move us in a certain direction, and what we maybe learn there, what we maybe learn there is trust. Just, just simple trust that, that even in these moments that, that can feel so incredibly hard, that a way will open somehow. It's interesting, you know, a lot of the time working with folks who are going through a challenge, and, and sometimes I think the most helpful thing I can say is that, well, it's hard today, it's probably going to be a little harder tomorrow. And that's not said in a negative way. It's, it's said from the, from the perspective of, of, again, how are we going to move forward with, with our fears, knowing that, again, these fears are real. We can't just get rid of them. We have to hear that calming influence, not as a command to not be afraid, but, but in the same way we would comfort a child, like, just, just, don't, just don't be afraid. Be still. 
Watch for what God's doing. Watch for what God is doing. A simple prayer there. Thank you, God, for being here. And that, that will help us to start to see that. And then we start to move. The other part of it, this second crossing, is, is this crossing into this, and it's interesting, into this wilderness time. That's the top of the T. Now, this, this is what I wish. This is what I would hope. I would hope that we're, we're driven by fear. There's this big challenge, Egyptian army, all of a sudden, you know, like God takes care, he delivers us, and then right away, I arrive at the promised land. <laughs> How good that would be. That's not how it works. Instead, we arrive at a place called the wilderness, this place of desolation. We're going to be looking a lot at that. And it's a place where I think maybe we start to learn partnership with God. We start to learn trust in that first part. Maybe we start to learn partnership in that second part. We move through our fears and then we move into this wilderness time where a lot of stuff goes away. And that starts to actually give us a vision for our lives. Now, it's interesting with vision. So much of the time we talk about vision in our culture. We talk about all the things we want. But that's not vision from a spiritual perspective. That's a fun conversation, but that's not vision from a spiritual perspective. Vision from a spiritual perspective, again, gets down, who do you want to be? Who has God already made you to be? And how do you take those gifts and use them in service to higher purposes? And a part of learning that is that a lot of stuff starts to get stripped away. Because I, I, I think this, folks, I think there are some things we only learn in the wilderness. There are some things we only learn in some of the hard parts of the adventure. And I would actually love to hear what you think. So for those of you who are joining us online or in person for the first time, we do a lot of texting here in New Church Live. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you 60 seconds here and what I would love to hear from you is, what are you learning right now? What are you learning right now? Like, this is a challenging time. What are you learning? Please take 60 seconds to answer that. And then when I come back out on stage, we're going to share some of those answers and talk about, you know, the good, like, I know what some of the answers are going to be. There's going to be some good answers. Talking about that and then connecting that in with this idea of vision. So I'll be reading some of those answers here in a minute. We've got some beautiful ones in. Here's, here's one, and this is from an author I really like. He talked about this, and I think this is part of those lessons of the wilderness, so to speak. Until we walk with despair and still have hope, we will not know that our hope was not just hope in ourselves, in our own successes, in our power to make a difference, in our image of what, in, what perfection should be. We need hope from a much deeper source. We need a hope larger than ourselves. Oh, so good. 
You know, like, like just, just eat, think about that for a second, right? Maybe one of the gifts is giving us a hope that's larger than ourselves. That age-old saying, right? There's never been such a thing as a self-made man. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> that we all need each other, that this is, this is part of the process. Now, some of the answers, we got a whole bunch of answers coming in. I'm not going to be able to read them all, but these are just a, just a few. And I want you folks to hear this. You know, and this is the vision. Like, this is how God works vision. If I want to be made well, I've got to rise, take up my bed, and walk. I need to learn that for the 10,000th time. To trust God and to be courageous when fear shows up. To take action and service for others, not for my own benefit, and it will be okay. Fear is so powerful. True fear. Freedom is to not fear and believe in God. I'm learning to let small things bother me, and I have to get beyond that and not get angry with opinions that differ from mine. When you mix medicine and politics, you get politics. <laughs> Very true. We are intimidated from saying what we see. There's my point of view and their point of view, and there may not be the right quote-unquote point of view that I always have a choice and how powerful every one of those choices are for who I am serving at this moment to can I find a better feeling or a better thought. I'm learning that as much as I want to be, I'm not always right. I'm waiting on the Lord. How precious each and every day is. I'm learning that I can trust that I will get enough people in my life and I can reach out to get company that said with a tear in my eye. Right now that I have to keep learning, overall learning in the desert, humility. To keep leaning into hard things and to prayerfully ask when to move. To live in the mystery of life and learn how to serve God and others while there. I'm learning that things happen in God's time, not mine, which in the end feels like a blessing. I'm learning patience and trust in the big long-term picture. I'm learning to stop and listen. I'm learning to be at peace, be still in the moment, be in a creative, loving space. I'm learning to focus on what's most important while tuning out the background noise, learning patience and stillness. And by learning, I mean struggling, ha ha. Folks, those are, those are beautiful. There's many more answers, too, that I'll, I'll be responding to later. See, what if those were the gifts of where we are right now? Doesn't that give us a different view of divine providence? You know, that idea that God is always bending really hard things to, towards what's good? And that may not change the circumstances, per se, but it changes us. And it, it can't just be, it can't just be, folks, where we, where we, like, say these things because they're beautiful. It's about how do we actually live them? How do you take what you wrote, understand that's part of God's vision working through you, how do you actually live into that story? courageously. 
think that's so much the gift of the wilderness. If our lives are surrounded by a bunch of things, by a bunch of noises, by a bunch of flashy, shiny things, we'll miss it. And yet, when we find our lives in quieter spaces, spaces that maybe even feel a little dark and intimidating, and we can still, I think we'll find it there. I think you can see why Rabbi Sachs said that's why you can't divide these two crossings. Because fear will be part of it. Good luck with it not. <laughs> and how do we take that as an is and then move towards vision? Then move towards a second crossing, knowing that the two are really one. And you folks just spoke so beautifully to vision. So beautifully to what that vision is. And as you hear it, I just want you to sense, right, that eye to eye, that eye contact, how it gives us a sense of kind of turning out and looking forward. And what do we have to look forward to? That promised land. It's 40 years down the road, <laughs> but it's out there. That's what faith is. So what do we know then? Well, I love this concept that love and faith based on that love are the firstborn. Like there's, there's something that's always seeking to be born. And it's a form of love and it's faith that comes out of that love. And it's understanding this beautiful view of God that, that God is on our side. And the world is not, as this quote says, and the world is not a blind, blind flat clash of conflicting powers, but held by a single, creative, loving will. Think about that. I mean, that's, that's sort of the miracle of our Judeo-Christian heritage was, was that idea of monotheism. It's not like you have this God over here battling that God over here, battling that God over here, battling that God over here. No. It's the idea that there's one God who's holding the whole thing with a single, creative, loving will. Whose whole point, whose whole vision is a heaven from the human race. Do we sometimes work against that current? Absolutely. And the invitation remains to step back into it and to allow vision to carry us, carry us forward. I think we have to ask folks, you know, again, which is the better adventure? <laughs> we can have an adventure, you know, and again, that, that quote of, of to, be, to hate like this is to be happy forever. We can live that adventure and, and probably find a certain warped view of happiness in it. I imagine we could. I know I can. Or we can be courageous enough to make a different decision for a different future, to cross over, to do that work, and cross over to something different. And it's not, you hate like this is to be happy forever. It's, it's love, and it's agape love. The Greek word agape love, meaning it's, it's sacrificial love. It's love that is willing to give of itself to other people. That's the love we're talking about. 
That's the love that's the firstborn. And, and so much of it is how we're going to kind of orient our lives. You know, can we actually be part of this solution? I, I love this. This was shared by a cousin of mine. So he asked one of his sons to load the dishwasher, and that's how he loaded the cups. I think we're doing that a lot. I think we're loading the cups wrong. Like, can we do it a little differently? Can we, can we flip? Can we think differently? And the answer is we're free. So the answer is yes. Yes. You just spoke beautifully to that vision. Friends, take a breath here. Let's help each other. Let's help our community. Let's help the world by living it. Amen. To close the service here, folks, again, if you want to further this conversation, I warmly invite you to join one of our small groups. Again, I'm doing them Tuesday nights at 7 and 8.30. 8.30, we're looking for folks on the West Coast who'd like to tune in. And then Reverend Nathan Gladish is doing one on Wednesday. It's just a chance for us to, to talk about it. You know, to actually talk about it, again, not with a bunch of landmines out there so everybody stays inside, but to talk about it as brothers and sisters who are trying to do the best they can to make the world a better place. Warm invite there. If that interests you, please like shoot me a text and we'll get you all enrolled. And with that, a final prayer. I'm going to offer a prayer, then we're going to say the Our Father prayer, and then we're going to have just a moment of quiet reflection, and then we'll talk what it might feel like to fly away. Lord, thank you for your presence here today, as always. Lord, help us to hold the idea that there are two crossings in our lives. And Lord, allow us to move forward in that knowledge, knowing that this is what you are actually doing. That there is a gift right here, right now, that will draw us closer to our true selves, closer to those we love, closer to community, and closer to heaven. And in being closer to heaven, Lord, closer to home, closer to home. Be with us, Lord. Help us to find the courage there. Help us to take the steps we're to take this week. Be with us, Lord. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.